Welcome, market participants, to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. We've turned the corner into April. Here's hoping that we can leave behind our banking crisis, which is now being referred to as March events. I like that. Let's hope we don't replace it with a bunch of April events. This week, our three things are one, community and regional bank business model. We'll examine it. Two, bad news rising. Is this now a trend? And three, the banking crisis. Jamie Dimon says it's not over. We'll have a look. All right, let's dig a bit deeper. So we are out this week with published research examining the business model of community and regional banks. We've long held the belief that the model is sound, and that starts with its cost structure. On the back of government-backed deposit insurance and access to the federal home loan bank system, smaller bank funding can be as cost-effective as that of the largest banks. And non-interest expense efficiency for banks with at least a billion dollars in assets was also comparable to that of the largest banks, something that many are surprised to discover. Think about it this way. As banks grow larger, They are in more markets and offer more products. They become more complex, more costly to manage. So the benefits of larger scale are often offset by the cost of increased complexity. So when we add it up, interest expense and non-interest expense, the cost structures of smaller banks compare favorably to those of larger banks. That means that smaller banks can price their products, both assets and liabilities, competitively with the larger banks. And that means smaller banks are not subject to adverse selection when it comes to risks. Put another way, they don't have to reach for earnings. They don't have to compromise the risk-reward relationship when booking business. And all that is borne out in financial performance. Well-run smaller banks can be just as profitable through a cycle as larger banks. Now this by no means is to say that all smaller banks are well-run. Ones that are take advantage of their local roots market knowledge, and responsiveness. They deploy sensible growth strategies. They manage risks well and minimize risk concentrations. They stay on the right side of regulators and policymakers. Decentralized banking in the U.S. works. It helps to fuel the economic engine and innovation of a vibrant small to mid-sized business sector that accounts for half the jobs in the U.S. and much of its growth. But there is a cost to the economy of having to regulate and legislate for 4,000-plus banks. There will be accidents. Learning from each crisis is essential, and that, in this case, has happened. We don't think we will see another bank of consequence get out of balance to the extent Silicon Valley Bank did. And it's essential that regulators and legislators keep up with the technological innovation and disruption that is taking place in banking. The speed at which information and misinformation can affect all banks' brand equity and critical flows, the things on which the industry's money multiplier rests, has changed dramatically over the past couple of decades. The events of this March is a good wake-up call. For more on this topic, by all means, pull up my piece on KBRA.com. All right, on to our second thing, bad news rising. And not to sound like a petulant child who incessantly asks, are we there yet? But lots of folks are asking, are we there yet? As in, is the recession here yet? The answer is, we're getting closer. 
The Fed has raised rates at the fastest pace since the 1980s from 0 to 5% while deploying quantitative tightening. Moreover, we're battling through financial instability that has banks tightening loan underwriting standards, which adds the equivalent of another two to three hikes. Housing is in a recession. Real wages have fallen now for 23 months in a row. Seeds of an oil shock have been planted. Consumer confidence surveys are in recession territory. Small business sentiment is in recession territory. CEOs overwhelmingly are bracing for recession. We're now in an earnings recession. The yield curve has been inverted now for nine months, and futures markets are pricing in four cuts by the end of the year. Bloomberg Economics Recession Probability Model sees a 97% chance of recession happening as soon as July. Now I'm beginning to sound like that petulant child. This week, both ISM surveys came in weak. Manufacturing plunging to levels exceeded in the last 20 years only at the worst points reached during COVID and the GFC. Services hung on to finish still in expansion territory, but it missed the estimate badly. This is what you get when you tighten hard and fast. You get concern, and eventually concern becomes fear. You get financial system accidents. Hunkering down overtakes risk-taking. Support for economic growth has been the consumer, spending all the while on the back of still extraordinary excess savings and the confidence that comes from knowing that jobs markets are tight. Excess savings are running down, especially among lower-income cohorts. Then there is the jobs market. It feels like it, and maybe it alone, is propping up risk-asset valuations. It's all that stands between the Fed and mission accomplished. It is a famously lagging indicator. We all see the layoff announcements. We see the surveys that suggest employers are growing more cautious. We're waiting for it to crack. Eventually it has to. That's the point of what the Fed is doing. We're getting closer to that point. All right, on to our third thing, the banking crisis. So as we rumble along through this economic flight on our way to some sort of landing, I know you know that you cannot lose sight of financial stability, and the reasons for that are clear. Credit conditions, the degree of fuel fed into the economy depend on it. Put another way, in a contracting economy like the one we're in, Financial stability or instability will be instrumental in determining whether unemployment rises to 5%, that would be in a financially stable world, or 10%, that we typically see in an unstable one. Whether corporate earnings contract 10% or 40%, and whether recovery is scored in months or years. Much depends on financial stability. Obviously, we felt this firsthand in the March events. Much has been made over Jamie Dimon's comment in his annual letter to J.P. Morgan Chase shareholders that the current crisis is not yet over. That was written, we would guess, while we were in the thick of things, when the shock of the largest bank failure since Washington Mutual was still freshly felt and contagion a very real possibility. Today, the situation is off the boil. While constrained by the legislative process, Fed and Treasury officials have stabilized markets by stepping up to provide explicit and implicit support to bank funding. Now, thus far, it has not helped regional bank stocks from clawing back lost ground. The KBW Regional Bank Index is trading at or near its low, down 19% since March 8th. How do we think about that? Well, to start, let's look at the starting point for regional banks coming into the downturn. We're coming off of an extraordinarily favorable past couple of years so we should expect some correction in equity multiples. 
growth slowdown, margin pressure from the repricing of deposits, the prospect of rising loan loss provisions, no shortage here of headwinds. Yet multiples are the lowest we've seen since the depths of the GFC. Price to book ratio down to one times, compared to a median of 1.4 times over the past 10 years. Price to earnings basically cut in half, 8.8 times from a 10-year median of 16.6 times. So there is concern out there among investors, at least, in terms of growth and margin. But we think Mr. Diamond was more concerned about a regulatory framework that no longer is working well to enhance confidence in the banking system. And it's one thing to be reflective on what needs improving coming out of a crisis. It's another when the weaknesses are exposed coming into a downturn. But how much of this has bled into credit spreads? Well, plenty. Prior to March, banks had tightened into two basis points through industrials. Today, they're 30 basis points back. That's too cheap in our opinion if you believe, as we do, that the worst is past, especially for the largest banks. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, community and regional bank business model. It still makes sense. Two, bad news rising. It has spread beyond interest-sensitive sectors. And three, the banking crisis. The worst is past, but reform is needed. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research, including my piece on regional and community banks' business model and our ratings reports. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we'll see you next week. Hello, listeners. Join me, Van Hesser, KBRA's chief strategist for in-depth conversations with credit experts in my new monthly podcast, Leading Voices in Credit, where I'll interview market professionals on the latest trends in credit markets. That's Leading Voices in Credit with Van Hesser. Subscribe now.